Welcome to From These Shores. Uh, my name is Owen Walton. I'm a Bible teacher. I do these podcasts to help people understand the Word of God. If you want to find out more information about uh, me and the teaching available, you can find it on fromtheseshores.com. There's also information about live teaching I do online there uh, over Facebook and YouTube, uh, which is a different series to the podcasts. Now, we've started a series on uh, speaking in tongues. And this follows on from the previous series where we looked at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So today we, we want to talk, I'm going to go a little bit back to talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And I want to ask the question that how can a person know that they have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is there any evidence? Is there any way of knowing? And also, is that evidence always the same? So we're going to look into the Word of God, and we're going to go back to looking specifically at the five examples in the book of Acts where either individuals or groups received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look for the evidence now. Um, now, when it comes to salvation, when a person receives Jesus, there isn't any kind of immediate, instant evidence that's consistent. Now, obviously, over time, you would expect a person's life to change and as they grow in the things of God and for the fruit to show up. But there isn't any necessarily instant evidence because salvation is, takes place inside a person. It's in the heart. Uh, as we've seen in the previous series, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second experience that's available. And if you're unsure about that, I encourage you to go and study that series and we look at the scriptures on that to answer the questions. Um, but we want to know today is, is how can you know? Is there any evidence? Now we're going to, as we look in the book of Acts, you're going to see that there are zero, there are no examples in the book of Acts of people receiving the Holy Spirit and there being no, nothing visible, no outward evidence. So some people today might say, well, you know, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's no evidence, nothing happened. Well, that's not consistent with the scriptures. I'm going to show as we look at these five examples that there is always evidence. There's always something external. And we're going to look as well as to what the evidence is and is the evidence consistent and is that evidence for everybody? Do all people get the same evidence? These are the kind of questions we're going to look at and we're going to answer from the word of God. Because in order for something to be scriptural, you need to have scripture for it. So if somebody says, well, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's no evidence, then you're going to say, well, how do we know you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Was, was what you received in line with the scriptures? So we want to see the Bible evidence uh, and, and see if, if there was a visible external display and what that display is. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a little bit more about that evidence. So I encourage you, if, if you haven't done so, listen to this, this, the podcasts on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to build on that in that series. One thing we saw in the previous uh, series is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all Christians. We answered that with, with scripture. And now we want to begin, as we talk about the evidence of the baptism, we want to see if that evidence is for all Christians as well. Uh, since the baptisms for everyone is the evidence for everyone. Now, some people use scriptures uh, in Corinthians to try to dispute some things. And we're going to look at those later in the series, but we're going to start in the book of Acts. So let's go to the first of these in Acts chapter 2. And this is the day of Pentecost. This is the first time that uh, people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And if you've listened to the previous series, you'll be quite familiar with these passage, passages by now, and that's a good thing. This is why we're going back to these same passages, and we're, going to, we're studying them over and over again and looking at different points out of them. So in Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. And this is the first time anyone received uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's start in verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So this is this is one of the first signs that we see in this passage is that it talks about the sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind that just filled the whole house. So we could put that down as one of the first kind of visible or external evidences in this particular passage. Now the question is, did that happen every time or is that just unique to this instance? Um, now, if it's if it happened every time, then we should expect it every time. If it just happened this once and it does never mentioned again, then we could say that it's maybe something that could happen sometimes, but it doesn't have to happen in order for a person to receive the baptism of the Spirit. Uh, then in verse 3, it says, then, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, it uses the word tongues there, but it's talking about these these like bits of fire. I'm just changing the word there just to clarify some things. That basically, on each of each of them, there was this visible fire. It says it appeared to them, so they could see this. So again, we could say there was some kind of physical external evidence. Well, it wasn't just physical; it was a supernatural, but it was visible in the natural realm. And again, we ask, did this happen every time or did this happen just this once? Now, you're going to see as we look through the other passages, there's no evidence that the, that the rushing mighty wind or these tongues of fire that sat upon each of them happened every time. So we don't have to expect these every time. If God wants to do it, he's welcome to. But what about, let's see if there's something that happened consistently. Now, verse 4 says this, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues. Now notice the connection there. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism of the Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. So here we see something else that happened. It was external because they're speaking. It came out of their mouths. They began to speak with tongues. Now again, we're going to see, is did this happen every time? And I believe you're going to begin to see that this one is a consistent uh, uh, external evidence that you're going to see repeated in these passages. Uh, and I believe this begins to point us toward what we could call the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now notice the wording in verse 4. It says, they were all, the word all is important, they were all filled. So how many of them were filled? Or was it just some of them? No, it says they were all filled. Uh, and then it says, and began to speak. Now, grammatically, the all, they were all, applies to both of those phrases. If you know, if, if you understand how grammar works, you'll understand you can't, you can't say they were all filled, but only some of them spoke because you would be changing the sentence. You would be changing the grammar of that sentence. That phrase, they were all, follows through the end and it applies to what comes after the end as well. And that's how language works. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and we could say, and they were all, sorry, and they all began to speak with other tongues. That all applies to both. You would have to change this sentence to say the all did not apply to both. 
So in this instance, it's very clear that everybody there was filled or baptized in the spirit and everybody there spoke with tongues. Now, if, if tongues was just for some people, we'd have to be able to show that in these examples. And here in this example, that certainly doesn't apply. This In this example, they all spoke with tongues. Now, let's talk a little bit about tongues. Uh, what is tongues? Uh, speaking in tongues, it says they spoke. So it came out of their mouths. This is a language. Uh, it, 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 speaking in tongues is a supernatural language. It's not just something you learn. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit came upon them all and then they all went and learned a new language uh, and studied it. No, this is something that happened directly connected to the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Uh, and if this if this was just learning a language, then even unsaved people could do this, and it's got nothing to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is directly connected to them being filled with the Spirit, and then they began to speak, and, and that was given right then and there. And so this is a supernatural utterance. The Holy Spirit is is, is enabling them to speak in this la- in, in in this supernatural language, tongues. Now, as we go through this and these scriptures, we're going to see that the Bible shows that there is a very strong connection between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues. These things go together or speaking in tongues. I'll just say tongues generally, but I'm referring to speaking in tongues. These two things go together uh, and you'll find that there are no examples in the Bible of someone speaking in tongues who did not get baptized or filled with the Spirit. In other words, tongues does not happen independently of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's no examples of that. It's directly connected to the baptism. So there's no examples of someone speaking in tongues not being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But let's ask this. Did everybody who received the baptism in the Spirit speak in tongues? Is it for everybody who receives the baptism or is it only for some people? So we know these two things are connected, but now we want to know, do the scriptures show that that only some of them spoke in tongues? Or do the examples in Acts show us that everybody who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues? In Acts 2, in this example, it's very clear that everybody was filled and everybody spoke with tongues. You would have to change this passage to say otherwise. So there's no dispute in this passage that everybody there uh, spoke in tongues. Now, we want to understand this. We want to understand is tongues for all Christians. Like I said, some people use some scriptures in 1 Corinthians to say tongues is not for all Christians. But we will get to those scriptures because I don't believe it's, it's applying. It's, those scriptures are being applied correctly the way, the way uh, people claim and use those scriptures. And we're going to study them and give some clarity. But for now, we're looking at Acts. And, and in Acts, you're going to see a pattern. Acts gives us examples of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see a consistent pattern. Now, the second example is Acts chapter 8 in Samaria, when Philip went and preached in Samaria. Now, out of the five examples, this is the only one that doesn't give us, doesn't tell us what the evidence is. It does show that something, I believe, something was visible, and I'm going to show you this. It just doesn't tell us what was visible. So you can't use this passage to prove that tongues was not the evidence because it doesn't say it wasn't either. It just it doesn't give us specific evidence. And I believe this passage is, is covering some other things. That's why it doesn't focus on the evidence. But what you do see in this passage is I'm going to show you that there was something, something stood out to the observers. So Acts chapter 8 
Uh, we've studied the early, the, the, most of this passage, so I'm not going to cover everything in this passage. We know that uh, a couple of the apostles came from Jerusalem and prayed for these people that they would be filled with the Spirit after they received Jesus. Uh, and because it says that, that the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon them, they'd only uh, been baptized in the name of Jesus, and that's verse 16, Acts chapter 8. Now let's continue reading on from there. Verse 17 says this, Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now it doesn't give us, it doesn't tell us there any evidence. Now that doesn't mean no evidence happened. You, you, you'd have to prove it consistently to show, uh, over scriptures to show no evidence happened. But notice what happens next. Verse 18, And when Simon saw, now, who was Simon? Simon was had been a sorcerer. Simon had amazed the people in that area before the gospel was preached, before anyone received Jesus. He had amazed people with, 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 with what seems to be supernatural powers. He tapped into demonic powers. This man had been familiar with <clears throat> signs and wonders, and people had been amazed by what he did. Now, this man comes, he sees the preaching of the gospel, and, 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 and receives Jesus. And then, because uh, verse twelve, tell, verse thirteen tells us he also believed. <clears throat> but in verse eighteen, it says, "When Simon saw, Simon saw something." And this isn't talking about salvation. This is directly connected to these people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It says he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money. Think about this for a minute. This man has been used to uh, the supernatural flowing through his life, and that, and 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 he sees the apostles lay hands upon these people, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if nothing happened, if there was no external evidence that there, if the apostles simply laid hands upon these people and nothing happened, and then the apostles said, "Well, there you've received the Holy Spirit," why would Simon even need to buy that gift? He could fake it. He could go around putting his hands on people and say, oh, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't need to say, can I buy that gift? I want to be able to do that too. Because he could just fake it. He could mimic it if there was no evidence. So something stood out to Simon. Simon, it's evident that this really stood out enough to him to impress him enough that he wanted the ability to do this. And, and, and obviously the apostles didn't, weren't impressed with him wanting to buy the gift. But it's evident that, that this man, uh, was, was struck by the fact that when they laid hands upon people, people received the Holy Spirit. And so it seems like there was something that stood out to this ex this ex-sorcerer. We're just not told what it is. But there's certainly an indication there was evidence. Now let's continue on through the other passages and we're going to see the evidence building still. In Acts chapter 9, nine we have the, the, the account of Saul, uh, who, had just been, who had just received Jesus in a supernatural experience when Jesus appeared to him. And then he goes to, he, he goes to Damascus, goes into the house, and God sends a man, called, a disciple called Ananias to go and pray for him. And when Ananias prays for him, he prays that Saul would receive the baptism of the Spirit. Uh, in verse, Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18. Now, in this instance, Saul is healed, a healing takes place, but there's no mention here of evidence. However, when we study Paul's writings, it's very clear that Paul spoke with tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 18, 
uh, Paul, writing him, himself, says this, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. And it's evident from his writings that he, sp- he spent time speaking in tongues. So we know Saul was baptized in the Spirit, and we know Saul spoke with tongues. Now, someone says, well, you can't connect the two in that passage. It's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't disprove that they connected because other passages connect them, right? But again, we know he spoke with tongues. We know he was baptized in the Spirit. Let's, let's look at the, the remaining two examples. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is when uh, Peter went and preached in Cornelius' house. The, this is really the first time the Holy Spirit kind of poured out fully on the Gentiles. Uh, you know, there'd been examples of individual Gentiles saved before this, but this is really where the church became a lot more aware of the fact that God wants to reach the Gentiles too with the gospel. And so Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Now, in this instance, and we discussed this in the, in the, when I taught on, on the baptism of the Spirit, in this instance, the people got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit pretty much simultaneously. If God did this supernaturally, things happen here a bit differently. And the reason was because the Jews did not, had not come to the realization they wished they should be preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And God needed to do something supernatural. Now, God also knew that if he simply got these Gentiles born again, there wouldn't be necessarily any external evidence. So God knew he had to do something where there was some evidence that the Jews could see something happen that convinced them that that, that the gospel was for the Gentiles too. And God chose the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do that. It's interesting when God needed to convince the Jews that the Gentiles should hear the gospel too, and he, God knew he needed to give them something they could see. It's interesting he chose the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That, again, adds to the fact that, that this is an experience where there should be evidence. This is an experience where there was something visible, something supernatural that happens that, 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 that is connected directly to this. Now, notice what it says in verse 45. It says, and those of the circumcision, that's the Jews, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. It says in verse 44, it says the Holy Spirit fell. Verse 45, it says the Jews were astonished that the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. Well, how did they know? If there was no evidence, if it was just simply the fact that that everyone said, oh, I just got touched by the Holy Spirit. Well, anybody can fake that. Anyone can pretend that and claim that. But the Jews were astonished. Something, there was something, they knew the Holy Spirit fell out on these people. It was, it was evident. How did they know? Well, that was verse 45. Verse 46 gives the answer. It tells you exactly why and how the Jews knew the Holy Spirit had been poured out on these Gentiles. It says this, for they heard them speak with tongues. What is it that convinced the Jews that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on these Gentiles? It was tongues. It says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Peter's convinced. He saw them speak with tongues and that solves the question for him. That says, well, that's it. That proves that the gospel's for the Gentiles too because they saw the physical evidence of these people speaking in tongues. And again, an important question is how many of them spoke with tongues? Well, 
it says the Holy verse 44 says the Holy Spirit fell upon all those all notice the word all those who heard the word and then verse 46 for they the Jews heard them speak with tongues them there is all inclusive it doesn't say the Jews heard some of them speak with tongues it's it's talking about that whole group for they heard them speak with tongues you would again have to add into this scripture to say only some of them spoke with tongues the holy spirit fell on all and then it says they spoke with tongues so that 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 adds to the fact that all who received the holy spirit the baptism of the spirit in this example spoke with tongues let's look at at the final example understand this podcast a little bit longer than the normal ones but i think it's important that we just finish this particular issue right now the final of these examples is Acts chapter 19, where Paul went to Ephesus. And initially he, he realized he needed to get this group of people saved and born again. But right after getting them born again, uh, Acts chapter 19 and verse 6 says, And when Paul laid hands on them, well, how many of them did he lay hands on? It doesn't say he laid hands on some of them. You'd have to add that word in there. It says he laid hands on them. Who? Everybody he was that was present that had just gotten born again and received Jesus. When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. How many did the Holy Spirit come upon? Again, you'd have to add into the scriptures to say he only came upon some of them. This thought is following through. Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues. Who, who, which of them spoke with tongues? It doesn't say the Holy Spirit came upon them and a few of them spoke with tongues. This is all inclusive. So... Everybody here who was baptized in the Holy Spirit spoke with tongues. And in this instance, it also says, and prophesied. So we see prophecy is an additional thing that happens in this instance. It's not mentioned in the other passages. And we can do some separate studies on prophecy at some point, but I'm not covering it right now. But so out of these, out of these five examples that we have in Acts, three of them very clearly show all were, spoke with tongues. One of them doesn't specifically in the passage show tongues, but it does show tongues at another point, and that's Paul. So in four of the five examples, tongues is directly connected and shown that the person baptized in the Holy Spirit also spoke in tongues. The fifth example is doesn't mention specific external evidence, but it indicates something was visible. It just doesn't tell us what. So we, it's not up to us to presume what was present there, but look at the evidence from the other four. So there's very strong way, Chan. I believe that tongues is the the evidence. I believe it is the consistent evidence, and I believe it is for everybody. In all of these examples, where all spoke, where all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and where tongues is mentioned, all also spoke with tongues. So we're gonna. I hope that now uh, helps answer some questions. I encourage you to look at those verses yourself. And uh, we're going to build on this series. This series is, is going to be a study of tongues. And we're going to look at the benefits and why it's so important. And we're going to go and look at some of the passages that cause confusion and answer questions uh, out of 1 Corinthians and other places. So I encourage you to share these. And I appreciate you listening and subscribing as well. They're available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many other podcast services. And so you can subscribe on your favorite one. And I appreciate you sharing them with your friends. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening. As I said, you can find more information about this uh, ministry and the teaching that I make available on fromtheseshores.com.